I'm Jim Bryan, your Bible teacher here at Grace and Truth Ministries. I'm teaching uh, today on predestination, a lot of the questions about it and what and people's complaints about it. I've got a, a letter here that was sent to me some years ago, and this is written by, preached by Dr. W.A. Criswell. He was a pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas for years until his death. I've told you that the Southern Baptist Convention used to believe 150 years ago in predestination. First Baptist in Dallas is the largest Baptist church, Southern Baptist church in the world. That's the largest. The second largest was Bellevue Baptist in Memphis. And Dr. Criswell preached on the effectual calling of God. I want to read a page, maybe a page and a half. He was absolutely a predestinationist. There's a preacher there now that kind of straddles a fence. He's on radio and TV some. I can't remember his name. But he's not like Dr. Chris Well was. Listen to this. On the radio you are sharing services of the First Baptist Church in Dallas. And this is the pastor bringing the message entitled The Bible Kind of Salvation. It is actually a Calvinistic sermon a Bible sermon on election and predestination. I have worked on it along and meticulously. It is the Word of God. It is the revelation of God. It is the truth of God, and I pray the power of its meaning will be effective in your own heart this morning. As a background text, just as a just as a background text, Paul writes in Romans 9, verses 15 and 16, For God said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. If I am saved, if I ever get to heaven, it will not be by works of righteousness which I have done. But according to his mercy, he saved me. And the praise and exaltation and the thanksgiving will not be to me. It will be to God who chose me and sought me and called me and saved me. Our salvation begins in God, not in us. Its initiation is in him and not in my will. By nature, I am dead in trespasses and in sins. I am a corpse in the presence of the holy God. I am dead. I am born and set in a fallen direction like Niagara. When you look at that great mighty Niagara River falling over the precipice, it falls naturally. One drop pushes the other over the rim of the fall. It falls by nature. It cannot go up. It evidently goes down. Our natures are like the Niagara River. We naturally fall. We are set in a fallen direction, Jeremiah 6 and 7. We are like a fountain that causes forth wickedness. By nature, we are born fallen 
in depravity in sin I am like a man who might be standing between two iron rails of a railroad track on one side of me I'm bound by natural proclivities and affinities my fleshly lusts and on the other side I am bound by my fallen will and I see thundering down upon me a great train as I stand paralyzed between these iron rails of what what use is it for me to argue with a locomotive he's talking about destruction coming you're going too fast Mr. Locomotive or you're riding those rails too precisely or should you not have pity on me my part is to drop to fall and lie flat hoping that the great train will pass over me I am no match for the judgment inexorable inevitable of death that faces me I cannot save myself. I am dead. Boy, I like this guy. God says in trespasses and sins in Ephesians 2 1, in his sight I am a corpse, a dead, lifeless corpse, cannot quicken or make itself alive. A dead corpse cannot will itself into regeneration. A dead corpse cannot raise itself into new life. It is dead. And I can stand before the dead corpse and say, Well, don't you see? Blind men don't see. And I can preach to that dead corpse and say, Don't you hear? And don't you understand? But the dead corpse does not hear and does not understand. A dead corpse cannot will itself into new birth. We can't will ourselves into heaven. It cannot will itself into new life. We are like Nicodemus, shut up by the hand of God to a new life and to a new birth. We are like Lazarus, shut up to the power of Christ to raise us from the dead we are like those vast valley of dry bones Ezekiel saw in chapter 17 of his prophecy O breath of God breathe upon them that they might live Ezekiel 37 9-10 we are dead we are corpses and our only hope of life lies in the initiation of God God must do something now in God's grace and mercy he reached down to reach to touch and to call and to choose even me not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us Titus 3 5 it's just his mercy it is the goodness and forgiveness and love and grace and mercy of God that I come to know the Lord and live in him in heaven We look down in the abyss of hell and we see some people in hell burning for the same sins we have done. They're in damnation and we're in heaven. Oh, the infinite goodness and mercy of God. I deserve to be damned, but God had mercy on me. That's what salvation is about. If I'm saved, it's in the grace and mercy and goodness of God. God did it all. 
This is according to the word of our Lord. It is no afterthought that our names have been written in the book of life, and may I add, before the foundation of the world. Or that God has chosen us unto eternal salvation. In Ephesians first chapter, the apostle Paul wrote, He hath chosen us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. Well, I like this guy. He is just, he was a, a hard hitter. Pastor of the biggest Southern Baptist church in the world. And the Apostle Peter, in the first chapter, speaking to the saints, we elect according to foreknowledge of God, the Father, not an afterthought. We have been chosen in Him before the world was flung into space. God knew us and called us by His name and wrote our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. All that we have in coming to the Lord is the choice of Jesus, not ours. It's in the love and mercy of God. In the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John, he's, John the Lord says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. In verse 44, he says, No man can come to me except the Father has sent me draw him. In verse 65, he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except it was given to him of my Father. If I come to Christ, it is because Christ has chosen me and God has elected me. He did it in his foreknowledge before the world began. I like that. I may read some more another time. Now, I'm talking about predestination. There's some complaints about predestination. Some people will say, well, there's something that's called tulip. Tulip is Calvinism. Now, let me say this. People try to call me a Calvinist. I have never, ever actually read any works by John Calvin. I have researched a few verses in his commentaries. These are Calvin's commentaries up here. But I don't necessarily agree with him every time he says something. And let me add this. John Calvin was not a Calvinist. You know, call somebody by another man's name and organize a, a, a system after that man until after he's dead. Calvinism didn't start till after he was dead. And the Calvinists believe that, some of them believe, a lot of them believe that babies go to hell. They say, well, they can't repent. Well, they hadn't sinned either. The wages of sin is death. What will send you to hell is sin. And a baby has to know sin to go to hell. Sin is the transgression of the law in First John the third chapter. Unto him that knoweth the good doeth good, unto him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. So a baby has to know right from wrong and he has to be able to transgress the law. And whatsoever is not of faith is sin in the last verse of the fourteenth chapter of Romans. So babies have to have faith and they can't have faith. I don't know how you have to be five, six, seven, before you know right from wrong, before you know you're transgressing the law of God. Now, I'm going to talk to you about something that most people are very confused on, and that is atonement. Who did Jesus die for? Did he die for everybody in the world? In this thing called TULIP, 
K-U-L-I-P. This is what people will call Calvinism. I never studied TULIP from Calvin. I have studied total depravity. Do I believe a man is totally depraved? Yes, I do. I believe the heart is deceitful above everything in the world. And who can know it? It's wicked and evil. There's none righteous, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. It's just like Mr. Criswell said, men are dead in sin. What can a dead man do to bring himself alive? The answer is nothing. Do I believe in unconditional? Unconditional. Unconditional election. God's election, you have to define the word elect, eclectos. Eclectos means favor. It would be a synonym for the word grace. Grace is the word charis. It means unmerited favor. You didn't do anything to merit grace. God says, I'll be gracious to whom I want to. I'll have favor on whom I want to. And it doesn't have anything to do with what you think. Unmerited favor. And we're elected to obedience, 1 Peter 1 and 2. 1 Peter 1 and 2. We are elect unto obeying God but if there's none that seeketh after God you're not going to obey him if you don't seek him he has to put obedience in your heart and that's faith the Bible speaks of obedience to the faith several times so we have to be obedient to the faith and faith is death to self but you can't die to self until you're born again well we're also elected to the sprinkling in 1 and 2 of 1 Peter, we elected obedience and the sprinkling of blood. Boy, that's a long... You can't sprinkle your, your heart. Sprinkling of blood. When you talk about sprinkling blood, you're talking about sprinkling from an outer source the blood of Christ that stains and dyes the individual. Well, the movement of a fluid upon a subject, that is called an infinitive or a verbal noun. And that's baptism. The fact that the scripture says we are elected to be sprinkled with the blood, that would lead us to the next thing in this and I'll show it to you in a minute a verbal noun verbal noun is it is a a fluid coming from an outer source upon the subject you can't baptize yourself in the blood of Christ he's washed us from our he did the washing he's washed us from our sins in his own blood he did the washing we don't 
So he's washed us from our sins in his own blood and baptized comes from two words, baptizo and bapto. Babto and baptizo. Baptizo means to cover. That means the substance is coming from an outer source to cover and to stain and to die. That puzzled me the first time I looked at that in a concordance. The concordance has that in it. It'll say, baptiz-. you look up baptize, it'll say baptizo, and it comes from bapto, meaning to stain with a dye. That means this is an infinitive. True baptism is blood. Do you have to be baptized to be saved? Yes, but not in water. No water. Was there a water baptism? It was a proselyte baptism. It's something that the Pharisees had invented. And I'm not going to go into that right now. So, an infinitive means it's infinite after it's done. When you find an infinitive in the English, English it'll always be preceded by to be baptized, to be washed. What it means is after you're baptized, it's permanent. Baptism means the condition of something after the action has been taken on it. And it means being infinite. Being an infinitive means an infinite. And once you're baptized with the blood of Christ, that's permanent. Well, what's amazing? Baptized has the same meaning as atonement and that takes us to this next thing on the list limited atonement now this is a this is something that most most Calvinists or people who believe in predestination when they say I'm a four point Calvinist they mean I don't like limited atonement And they say Jesus' blood was shed for all the sins of all the world. It was not. There is no possible way. Because the Bible doesn't say that. Atonement has to do with the Ark of the Covenant. You got the Ark of the Covenant inside the inner sanctuary. Had the candlesticks out here. You had the that's on the south side of the outer sanctuary, the table of showbread, and the altar of incense. You had out here in the eastern, right in front of the eastern gate, right in front of Solomon's porch, you had the the brazen altar where they offered all sacrifices. All sacrifices. And you had down here, you had the brazen sea that held 2,000 baths so that the priests could wash every time they offered a sacrifice. On the Day of Atonement, the Day of Atonement was not, when people say, I don't like limited atonement. Well, it was limited to Israel over here in the Old Testament. On the Day of Atonement, the 10th day I have people want to fight me on this. It's people say I believe in predestination, and and the Torah is not limited. It certainly is. It's limited to the church. 
The Bible says so. And on the day of atonement, the word atonement is kafar, has the same meaning as pitch. And pitch, the ark with pitch, has the same meaning as baptize, baptizo with bapto, the exact same meaning. The word pitch, the first word is kafar, meaning to cover. And the second word pitch, kofar, means to stain with a dye. And pitch was asphalt. In its natural state, some people say it came from trees, and some people say it came from the ground in some form of a geyser, but we know that it was something they pitched the boats with so they wouldn't sink. Well, pitch with pitch means to cover with a stain or dye, and it was a red stained dye. That's what pitch was. That kept the boats from sinking. Kafar is the same word as the first word pitch. The high priest, a son of Aaron, either Aaron or one of his sons would come in on the tenth day of the seventh month, which was Tishri, September, October, and he would, after they cleansed this outer sanctuary with a bullock, after they cleaned the inner sanctuary, he would come through this eight-inch thick veil. First, he would offer incense in there, bring the incense in. It would be smoking up the place. And then he would, then he would bring in the blood of a goat. Jesus was the... Passover lamb, but he was the atonement goat. God hath made him to be sin for us. He made him a goat in our place. And they killed the goat. They had two of them. They had one that they sprinkled the top of the Ark of the Covenant. They didn't do that. When they sprinkled the Ark of the Covenant, that was for Israel, nobody else. They didn't sprinkle the Ark of the Covenant for the people of Moab, which was southern Jordan by our reckoning or for Ammon or they didn't which was northern Jordan they didn't sprinkle the Ark of the Covenant for the Egyptians it was just for God's people that's all and particularly those that believed so the atonement was only for the people of God, for the church. Israel was called the church. Stephen said the church of God, that Christ was with the church in the wilderness. That's in Acts the seventh chapter. Now, people want to get all upset and say God's atonement was limited. A lot it was unlimited. We believe it was limited to the wife the bride it wasn't for anybody else but let me put it this way her and the probably the best proof of this is in Ephesians the fifth chapter and look at Ephesians the fifth chapter 
Jesus did not die for everybody in the world. Did not. He died for his wife. Look here in Ephesians. And if you're if you're one of his elect, he gave you ears to hear. I have people wanting to fight me on limited atonement. I believe that when you want to fight on this, you are in so you're in gross error. Had somebody send me a book. I think I know who it was. I'm not sure. And it was about atonement. and had all these guys in there giving their ideas about atonement. And one of the guys said, the atonement was general. It was for the world in general. It was not. The atonement was specific. It was specifically for a certain people. The church. No one else. Look here in Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. 25. 5.25 Husbands, love your wives... Who is the wife of Christ? The church. She's the bride. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. It doesn't it says it in the King James Bible. The church is not an it, it's the wife, the bride of Christ. And it's this is a bad translation. It is the word a U T Ada. Anytime Ada's on an end of a word, or, or if you have an Ada new, it's always feminine gender. So this is a her, not an it. I keep saying, don't you call your wife it? Oh, where's your wife? Well, she it's out mowing the yard, or it's in the garden working. You call her an it, you're going to be in trouble. Jesus died for her, no one else. She is the only thing he died for. The church was the, Jesus was the lamb slain. Look here in, in Revelation. In Revelation, the 13th chapter. When he died, his death was an atonement. Revelation the 13th chapter 13th chapter verse 8 and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world he died in the mind of God before the world began it was for a particular people. It wasn't just a general, like this one writer said, it was a general atonement. No, it wasn't. It was for... If you atone for something, the word atone means to reconcile. In fact, that's the word in the New Testament, reconcile. 
Atonement is mentioned one time in the New Testament. Atonement is one time, and it's in Revelation 5.11, when the Bible speaks of, we have received the atonement. Atonement is the word katalage. And every time you find the word reconcile in the New Testament, it's a form of katalage. Or it is katalasso. That would be the verb. Katalage would be the noun. So it is and every time you find reconcile now whenever the word atonement was translated over in the Old Testament Old Testament into the Septuagint the writers knew what it meant they took the word and made a form of kataloge or katalasso Whenever you find atonement in the Septuagint, which was the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, it was a form of atonement or katalage. Kata or katalage or katalaso. If it's a verb, katalaso. If it's a noun, katalage. Well, whenever the Bible speaks of reconcile or reconciliation, it's either katalage or katalaso. So, katalage or reconciliation. When you reconcile, if you make an atonement for something you've done wrong to someone, you make it right by paying some amount or doing something for that person to make reconciliation. If you if you do something to your neighbor and you steal his his lawnmower and you're a kid, or you steal something from his house and your parents catch you, and they say you have to make atonement for that. You got to pay for it. Atonement is to pay for sins. It's not to. It doesn't cover the sins of the non-elect. There's no possible way. And proof of that. Look over here in First John. Oh, before we go there, look in Revelation 17. Revelation 17. Talking about the beast that was and is not, that's that's the outlawing of the Babylonian system, and it reformed itself in the form of Roman Catholicism. The beast that thou sawest was and is not shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. This is 17 and 8. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. That's saying certain ones of us, us elect, our names were written before the foundation of the world because that's who Jesus was going to die for. He didn't write everybody's name in the book of life. He only reconciled us to him. And boy, that's a long explanation. I'll come back to that later. Now, Another verse that really bothers people. Go over here to go over here to 
Hold on, let me get my paper. Go over here to 1 John. This bothers people because they... Because it says something in English that it doesn't say in the Greek. Let me give you this right here. 1 John 2, verse 2. 2, verse 2. And this, people try to use this to prove that Jesus died for the, everybody in the world. All right. First, well, let's read one and two. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not, and if any man have an advocate, paraclitase, or paraclitos, which means an intercessor, paraclitos, P-A-R-A-K-L-E-T-O-S. It comes from para, kaleo, K-A-L-E-O, which is the word comfort, comfort, it means to call near, to comfort, and we get the word paraclesis, which is consolation, and the, our comforter is the Holy Spirit, or the truth that's in our hearts. Now, we have an advocate. An advocate was a lawyer. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. That sure does look like he died for everybody, doesn't it? It doesn't say that in the Greek. Propitiation is the word... His Hilasmas Hilam I'm not used to this word, I don't call it out much. Hilam Austrian H I L H I L A S T E R I O N. Hilastrian means it means an atoning, atoning victim. It means a victim on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, and that was called the mercy seat. This word, uh, hilisterion, means mercy seat. The mercy seat was on the top of the Ark of the Covenant. That is showing that Jesus didn't die for everybody in the world. He died for Israel. We are spiritual Israel. The law is written in fleshy tables of our heart. And our hearts are sprinkled with the blood of Christ in Hebrews 10. If he, if he died for everybody, he has to sprinkle his blood. And that's true baptism. Now the problem here... The big word is for. For. Who did he die for? This is really amazing. 
that they translated the word for wrong. And how are you going to know that? You got to go to an interlinear Bible. Got one right here. I'll just look at these, these things, double checking. It has the Greek on the top line and the English under. I don't even trust the translators of the interlinear. I go to the interlinear itself and I look at the Greek word. When it says for, the common word for, let me give you the common word as it's used all through the New Testament. The common word for is gar. That's not these words right here. It's gar. Gar means means an explanation, assigning a reason to assign a reason. That's not this word here. If he died for the whole world, for the whole halas world is the word cosmos. Same word in John 3.16 is God's soul of the world, cosmos. It means orderly arrangement. God didn't die for everybody in the orderly arrangement. He so loved. So is an adverb. He so loved the world. Adverbs, I keep telling everybody this. I hope y'all get this in your hat. An adverb tells how, when, and where. And sometimes why. How, when, where. And it means, in this case, and it tells how or in what fashion. Therefore, it modifies the word world. Orderly arrangement. It means in what fashion he loved. So he didn't love everybody in the cosmos and he didn't die for everybody in the cosmos. He so loved. That's a reference back to John three fourteen. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. For God in this fashion loved the world. The same way he loved Israel over there in the book of Numbers when God turned loose fiery serpents into the... fiery serpents into the camp of Israel because of Israel's disobedience and burning against God so he turned fiery serpents and he told Moses you lift up a brazen serpent in the middle of the camp and people were getting bitten by dying all over the camp of Israel by these fiery serpents I don't know what it is could have been cobras or something but the fiery meant they were poisonous and God says, you tell Moses, you tell the people, whoever looks will live. You have to look upon the fiery serpent, but you can't look unless you can hear that command. And here comes from the ears. 
and the hearing ear and the seeing eye and you can't look at the fiery at the brazen serpent unless you have a seeing eye unless you could hear those words from God and from Moses saying look and live God in this same fashion loved the world he didn't love everybody in the world in this fashion whoever looked lived doesn't say God so loved the world he gave his own God's son whosoever believed in him shall not perish and have everlasting life doesn't even say that not in the original text it doesn't it says whoever looks in this same fashion God loved the orderly arrangement of mankind cosmos actually it's the word cosmon because it's a direct object it's a predicate nominative excuse me it is a direct direct object cosmon and the word endings are changed depending on where it is in the sentence but it's the same word as cosmos and it means an orderly arrangement of mankind and he didn't love everybody and he didn't die for everybody and it's not a universal atonement not true it's limited to his wife he loved his wife and died for her nobody else he didn't shed his blood for pagan, heathen vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, not even for Baptist preachers and Baptist deacons if they don't believe God. He didn't die for them. People say, Jim, you sure are narrow-minded. Yeah, I am philipsis-minded. I'm philebo-minded. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few will find it. You cannot come up and do the way you want. So it means this word for means to assign a reason. That's gar over there in First John 2 and 2. Let me give you what that word is. It's not the common word for. When you look the word for up in the appendix of your concordance, it's the word gar. It means to assign a reason it means to it can mean because no doubt then therefore it can be any of these number of words but it looks like he's saying and he is the propitiation for our sins not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. That word for each time it's used is not the word gar. It's the word peri. P-E-R-I. That's very familiar to me. I've used that word so many times. It means around. Not for our sins only, but for the sins around the world. Around the world means the church is going to be all over the world. And that's where it is. It's going to be the all men of the world. People just, they come up with these crazy ideas they don't even realize that Christ died for the church and gave himself for her nobody else they don't know that when they say I don't believe in a limited atonement they don't know that atonement had to do with this right here 
had to do with the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was sprinkled. We're elected unto obedience in the sprinkling of blood. And look over here in means to sprinkle the Ark of the Covenant. What's the Ark of the Covenant now? It's our hearts. If God died for everybody, you have to sprinkle everybody's hearts. If that's what Jesus died for, he didn't. He limited his atonement to his wife. If you want to fight me, you want to fight the Bible. You don't, there's no answer for these words. And he was, he is the propitiation, haliosmos. Propitiation means litter the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, to sprinkle. Look at Hebrews 10. If he died for everybody, this is what he's got to do to everybody. God is specific in his words. He's not, he hadn't just spread his blood all over the world for everybody to partake in. Because they can't if they're blinded and they can't see and they don't have eyes to see and ears to hear. And people want to use all these verses on all men. God would have all men be saved. All men will be saved, but all but every individual will not receive the atonement of Christ. All men is the same thing as all flesh. God's going to part of his spittle to all flesh. And what that's talking about is red flesh, yellow flesh, white flesh, black flesh, and brown flesh. And men of every nation, tongue, and tribe, tribe will hear the truth. Whereas in the Old Testament... God poured out His Spirit on one flesh. One flesh. What do you mean one flesh, Jim? There is a bloodline in the Old Testament. It started with Adam. I believe Genesis 5 is the righteous bloodline of Christ. Adam had a son. His name was Seth. Seth had a son. His name was Enosh. Enosh had a son. His name was Canaan. Canaan had a son. His name was Mahalalel. Mahalalel had a son. His name was Jared. Jared has a son. His name was Enoch. Enoch has a son. His name is Methuselah. Methuselah has a son. His name is Lamech. Lamech has a son. His name is Noah. Then Noah has three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the promise goes to Shem, blessed be the Lord God of Shem. And then Shem, you can follow this lineage. You go on, Shem has a son named Arphaxed. Arphaxed has a son named Salah. Salah has a son. And this is the promised lineage of God. This is one flesh, one family. And Salah has a son named Peleg. Peleg has a son named Reu. Reu has a son named Serug. Serug has a son, and his name is Nahor. Nahor has a son. 
His name is Terah. And Terah has a son named Abram. And his name is changed to Abraham in that 17th chapter. And Abraham's is the father of the Jews. Of the, it's, the, it's the lineage of Shem. And Shem, we get the word Semitic from Shem. So this is one flesh. It's the seed that started with Abraham. It actually started with Adam. And these are the promised lineage. It's one family. One flesh. So when the Bible says God will part of his spirit, and that's the truth on all flesh, and that's the Gentiles, what is utterly amazing is the Lord says in the Great Commission, He tells the apostles, go into all the world and teach all nations. That had never, ever been said before because the word nation is the word ethnos, E-T-H-N-O-S. And ethnos, nation, is the same exact word as Gentile. I don't know why they translated it that way. But they did. Ethnos, we get our word ethnic from that. It means go preach to the Gentile world because God forbid the Gentiles from having the truth in this lineage over here. And Abraham has a son Isaac. Isaac has a son Jacob. Jacob's name is changed to Israel in the 32nd chapter of Genesis. And those are the, that's the one flesh. So when he says go and teach all nations, teach all flesh. This is, this is, doesn't mean every individual that's a Gentile, because God's got an elect family among the Gentiles, and that's the only people He's going to save, and He elected them from the foundation of the world. I can't believe people will say, God's atonement, which was in Israel, is for everybody. It's not true. You're reading too many. I'm, this guy that sent this book on atonement, I'd read some of it, and they'd say the most ridiculous things. They wouldn't even quote a lot of Bible or give definitions. And he's trying to convince me, evidently, that Limited atonement is not true. If you believe if you believe that atonement is not limited, you are in great error. Because you 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 cannot say what those verses mean. So the all flesh is for not for everybody in the world. Will all men be saved? Well yeah, they will be. But not every individual. All men is a reference. It's pointing to the Gentile elect, which is the elect church. The Gentile elect. That's the only people he loves, is his elect. They're elected to the sprinkling of blood. And look here in Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. I... You guys that believe in, don't believe in limited atonement, you believe that his Jesus' blood was efficacious or effective for everybody. It was not. It was only effective on those that he sprinkled it on. He's in charge of the sprinkling. We're not. You can't sprinkle yourself with the blood of Christ. And he says here in 
the 10th chapter. He says, we've already discussed that all the rituals were blotted out. All the rituals that had to do with the temple are blotted out. Let me erase some of this so I can use some of this space. Remember that word for is peri. means around. Not for our sins only, but for the sins, but for around the world. Around the world would include all of the elect that are all over the world. At one time, God's word was only for those Jews in Israel, and none of the Gentiles had any word that were in the world. They had no knowledge of God. You say, I've had people say, well, what about men that are uh, that are on some river, Amazon River, 500 miles from civilization down in down here in South America? Let me tell you something. The guy has no more chance that lives next door to you or behind you or some guy you see every day has no more chance than that man if God did not give him ears to hear. If a man is a works down here at some mechanic shop and God didn't give him ears to hear, he has no more chance than some guy on a river down here and he's just a native in South America on the Amazon River. He didn't have any more chance because God didn't give him ears to hear. If God gives a man ears to hear, he knows, God knows how to put him in touch with the gospel. He knows how to take a native in Africa, cause him to fall in the water, grab hold of a log, and float him a hundred miles down the, the river to some missionary that pulls him out and tells him about Jesus. God knows how to do that. You say, well, he wouldn't do it that way. He, yeah, he would too. Now, look here. Look here and if God loves you, he'll have to sprinkle your heart. He didn't shed his blood. He didn't just waste his blood out here not to be applied to somebody. Not one ounce of that goat blood that that was offered on that not one ounce was wasted on somebody out there that was a pagan that that blood was all all the blood that he carried from that from that brazen altar was brought in here and it was sprinkled on the ark of the covenant seven times exactly his atonement is not general in general, it was just shed out there for anybody who wanted it. Well, it was shed for anybody who wanted it, but the where does the want to come from? It comes from God. He has to put that in our hearts. It's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that shows mercy. And it's applied to us. I don't know if everybody has seen this every time I've read this, but it says... This is the covenant, that, verse 16, chapter 10 of Hebrews. This is the covenant that I will make with them or with my people. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Our hearts are now the spiritual ark of the covenant. It was written on tables of stone kept inside the ark of the covenant 
And now it's written on fleshy tables of our heart in Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter. He sprinkled the ark, and now he sprinkles our hearts. But he sheds his blood to sprinkle upon the hearts of his elect and nobody else. He didn't waste the blood of that goat that he offered, that he killed here, that high priest didn't. We have a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's Jesus Christ. And he comes in here and sprinkles our hearts. That's what it says right here. He sprinkles our hearts. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. The Holy of Holies where the high priest went into. And it's the blood of Jesus that he sprinkles. Blood of Jesus that he sprinkles. And the Ark of the Covenant is represented by a heart now. And that's what's sprinkled. And we're elected to obedience in the sprinkling of blood. The blood of Christ, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. But he doesn't sprinkle it on the world. A blood baptism was a death. If he sprinkles it on the world, then everybody's dying and everybody's got faith. It bothers me that men that call themselves predestinationists or Calvinists, they hate limited atonement. They think that would be unfair of God. He's got to give everybody else a chance. A vessel of wrath fitted to destruction has no chance. Men born to be taken and destroyed, brute beasts are born to be taken and destroyed. They don't have a chance at the blood of Christ. If he shed it for everybody else and shed it upon them, then they're all dying, dying to the flesh, dying to self, and they've all got faith. Because that's what faith is, it's death to self. And then he goes on to say, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Just picture Jesus. His cross is where he shed his blood instead of this right here, this brazen altar. His cross is where he shed his blood. So he is the goat on the altar. He is the high priest that comes and gets the blood. He goes in by new and living way. That's what it goes on to say. He enters in by new and living way. And there's only one way and it's narrow. So this this movement of the high priest Melchizedek which is an office and Jesus holds that he's walking in and he's going to sprinkle our hearts and the only reason the blood was shed was to sprinkle on the hearts of the people and that makes an atonement for our sin and the mercy seat is on the top of the ark of the covenant and he walks in here, past the candlesticks, past the table of showbread, the altar of incense. He's already, uh, he's already uh, set the altar of incense inside the Holy of Holies. And we're entering by a new and living way, and that's the narrow way. This is very figurative language. If you can't listen to figurative language, you'll never understand this. We're entering by a new and living way, while Melchizedek, Jesus holds that office, comes in through the veil, that is to say his flesh, 
The flesh is the bread, the bread is the body, and the body is the church. And the church is the wife or the bride of Christ. And he comes in and sprinkles inside the house of God, whose house are we, sprinkles the blood on the Ark of the Covenant upon our hearts now. He doesn't sprinkle the blood on everybody. His atonement is limited to his family. That's it. He doesn't want the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. They've lived a wasted life. They're not his. And I don't know why men who can at least see predestination, why they don't want to go further and say, I believe they're trying to justify God. They don't want God to shed his they want the idea that Jesus shed his blood for the whole world was Jesus blood sufficient for the world if God wanted to be it was sufficient to cover everybody's sin in the world but if he did he's got to save them all and God would have all men be saved he said those words to Timothy when he was pastoring the church at Ephesus and Ephesus was a Gentile church. It was on the western end of of Turkey. It was right here. Western end of Turkey, Ephesus. And when Paul writes to him, he says, God would have those Gentiles there be saved, the all men. I keep saying this. All men does not mean every individual. It's the word all is the word pos and men is anthropos if you study anthropology you study the science of men pos is all or pos anthropos Th. Whenever you're gonna help that th and throw th r o p o s anthropos pos anthropos pos anthropos. That's all men. When he said he's going to pour out of his spirit, the Holy Spirit is truth on all flesh. Don't write me and gripe and complain about limited atonement. I've studied this a lot more than most any preacher I've ever heard of. I've studied it more than Calvin. I have put decades after decades studying this. I have defined so many words in the Bible. When I saw Perry, I went, oh, hey, yeah. Well, let me read the rest of this and show you something else on Perry. Having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Let me put it this way. By a new and living narrow way. That's figurative language. Which hath been consecrated for us through the veil. That is to say his flesh. And having a high priest, Melchizedek over the house of God whose house are we 
Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled that have the Word of God written in them, just like the Ark of the Covenant. His blood was shed for the Ark of the Covenant, which is our hearts. It wasn't shed to waste on a bunch of vessels of wrath fitted to destruction. That's not like they got a chance. They have no chance. There's no chances of entering into heaven. You have to be chosen by God, just like Mr. Criswell said at the first of this message. How much time to have, Mike? 21, 29. All right. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Pure water they called living water. Jesus said when he talked to the woman at the well in John 4, he said, I'll give you living water and you'll never thirst again. She says, you don't even have anything to draw with. They thought of living water as that running water at the bottom of these wells that was cold. Jesus said, I'm not talking about this well. I'm talking about the spirit, which is living water. So that would be, the pure water would be the Holy Spirit. That's what this is referring to here. Now, I was going to give you uh, something that went through my head. I forgot what it was. I should have written it down. Okay, let me go over here to uh, I was going to give you something. I forgot what it is. I'm in this thing called tulip. All flesh. Let me show you what that word peri means around the world, okay? In the Old Testament, there's a bunch of verses that tells you, God tells Isaiah, you tell the people, I'm going to blind the eyes of the Jews and I'm going to open the eyes of the Gentiles. But Isaiah is talking about Gentile or the nation's eyes in the New Testament. That's what Isaiah is talking about. I'm going to open the eyes of the Gentiles, and that will be the all men or all flesh. People use these verses about God will have all men be saved. And that's several times in the Scripture. And they, the all men has to do with these verses. And it has to do with men from every nation, tongue, and tribe, as the seventh chapter of Revelation says. The people around the throne are from every nation, ethnos, every Gentile, tongue, and tribe. Now, let's go over here to, where was I going to take you? Oh, tobacco. 2.14 I didn't know what these words meant when I first heard them when I was a young preacher I didn't know what they meant this is what they mean Habakkuk I got so many things to say on this I can't keep them all straight I'll have to come back next week and talk about this some more Limited atonement, that is an absolute fact. It's limited to his wife. There has to be an atoning Ark of the Covenant for it to be sprinkled on. You can't just sprinkle it all over the world and say, whoever wants to partake of it, because that's free will. 
There's no free will. It was up to the priest where to sprinkle the blood of the goat. It wasn't up to the... Our hearts can't cry out, hey, sprinkle me. Now look here in Habakkuk. I didn't know what these verses meant. Habakkuk 2, 14. It's right at the end of the Old Testament. It's right before Zephaniah. Verse 14. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as waters that cover the sea. That's all over the world. That's around the world. That's Perry. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for Perry. For our sins only. But for Perry, the sins of the world. The sins around the world. Let me give you the verse I was going to give you on that. I'm thinking of it now. First Thessalonians 5. That word for is Perry in First John 2 and 2. Perry is the most is the most important word in that verse around the world. Not for the world's sins, but around the world. All over the world where there is sin that God has expiated. To expiate is that word haliosmos. It means propitiation. To expiate means to pay for. The sins of the world were not paid for. The man in hell is paying for his own sin. You say, gosh, that don't seem fair to me. Well, that's because you can't think like God thinks. God says, I can make a vessel of wrath and fit him to destruction if I want to. Can I do that? Are you going to talk back to me? Who art thou that replies against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it? Why hast thou made me thus and made that man the way you made him? You can't say that. If I was God, would I send men to hell? No, I wouldn't. If I was God, would I make a hell? No, I'd just make everybody perfect so nobody had to go there. But you see, those vessels of wrath that are fitted to destruction, they're more evil than you think. I keep saying, if a man has no regeneration in his heart, nothing good in his heart, he is wicked to the core. I don't care if it's your little sweet-looking grandmother. She has nothing good in her. God says, I can make bad people if I want to. Who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? You're going to instruct God what he needs to save and who he doesn't need to? Well, she's a sweet little lady, and he's a sweet little guy. If you could see people in their hearts what they look like, did anybody see the movie Alien and those big old long nose monsters from outer space and they're dripping saliva and, and they're going to eat up the woman hero? Your heart's more evil than that. That's how wicked our hearts are. They have no redeeming qualities whatsoever in them. Look here in First Thessalonians. What verse and chapter? Let me chapter and verse. The fifth chapter, I believe it's the ninth verse. All right. The limited atonement is about it's limited to the elect of God, to the wife of God, to the bride. 
you cannot come up and say, well, I just think God shed his blood for everybody in the world. It doesn't say for the whole world. It says parry around the whole world. And look here in 1 Thessalonians 5. First Thessalonians 5. For God hath not appointed us to wrath. The word wrath is orgay. Orgay is the wrath of covetousness, anger and rage. Orgay being feminine gender, it's the wrath of Babylon. Babylon was the mother of harlots, feminine and that's not God's wrath. He hasn't appointed us to our own anger and rage. Then he says, but here's what I've appointed to, to obtain salvation. The word obtained has that word peri in it. Peripoesis. P-E-R-I. P-O-I-E-S-I-S. It means to make around us. There's one thing that is around us. That would have to be baptism because baptism covers us. It means to cover with a stain or die. The same thing you did to the Ark of the Covenant. It wasn't for everybody. It was for God's people only. God's wife. God's, he was the husband of Israel in the Old Testament. He said he was married to Israel. He said Israel went out and committed adultery with all of these idol gods. You call that idolatry. Or you call it spiritual adultery. He said, you've gone out and you've married these other gods. I'm granting you a bill of divorce. Jesus was divorced from his wife Israel because of their godlessness. Now, if you don't think a man ought to preach if he's been divorced, tell Jesus he has no right preaching to the spirits in prison. Boy, something else. Peripoesis, how you obtain salvation is to do something around. And that's the baptism. There's one baptism. It's blood. And that's only for God's elect family. So there's the word peripoesis right there. Now go back over here to the Old Testament. The earth shall be filled with the knowledge and glory of waters that can cover the sea. Let me put it this way. Let me write something on the board for you. Atonement is limited to the elect Jew. I hope you can get all this. What's the book in the Old Testament, Jim? You didn't say it. Well, elect. We elected to baptism. That's the sprinkling of blood. Baptism. And that is 
the sprinkling of blood, sprinkling of blood, we elect it to that, and that is that has to do with election is to the wife, the bride of Christ. And that's who Jesus died for, and that's the atonement. Atonement is to the bride or the wife, and that's to the all men, to the all flesh, and that's who he died for. He atoned for all men, but not every individual. All flesh would be red, yellow, white, black, and brown flesh. Red, yellow, white, black, and brown flesh. And that would be the Gentiles or the same word. Gentiles or all nations. When he said nations, go teach all nations, the word is ethnos. It means it's the same word as Gentile, E-T-H-N-O-S. And in the Old Testament, the word Gentile is goy, or goyim, G-O-Y-I-M. And that also, that's the word nation and the word Gentile in the Old Testament. And God said that the Gentiles would come to the light through the book of Isaiah. So through the book of Isaiah, the elect or the baptized will be those that undergo the atonement and their hearts are sprinkled. And that will be the Gentiles all over the world or Perry all around the world. And that's equal to the earth. shall be full of knowledge and glory knowledge and glory as waters that cover the sea I couldn't understand that in a song when I was young the earth shall be full of its knowledge and glory as waters that cover the sea I didn't understand that I do now it's the all men, the all flesh, men from every nation, tongue, and tribe that Christ atones for. And it's not a general atonement. It's a specific atonement for a particular people, the wife, the bride of Christ, nobody else. You better find out what those words mean. And it's all around the world. Look here at a couple of these. I've preached on this before. Look at... Look at Numbers 14. You're going to find all all over the world. Do I have any time, Mike? I may just write these down. Numbers Numbers 14.21 But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. It's talking about the Gentiles. This is before Israel even gets into the land of Canaan before God calls it Israel. He says in the book of Numbers, that's in the book of the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that's before, that's before they, 
That's after they come out of captivity. They're wandering in the wilderness. They haven't even got to the land of Israel. And God is saying, one day the earth is going to be filled with the knowledge and the glory of the Lord in the book of Numbers. That's a reference to the Gentiles coming to God and being atoned for only the elect predestinated family of God. And then over in Amos 8 and 12. Amos. Amos. And every time you find this in the Old Testament, I'm going to read out of Isaiah 11 and Amos. Amos 8 and 12. Amos 8 and 12. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Hosea, Joel, Amos, 8 and 12. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from north to, to the east. And they shall run to and fro and seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Well, that's the wrong, that's the wrong verse. Uh, look at, uh, I've written down the wrong verse. Amos 8 and 2, is be 8 and 2. No, I'll have to check and see that. Look in, look here in uh, Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11, 9. Speaking of the wolf and the lamb and the lion and the bear and the asp. It's not talking about literal lions and literal bears. The bear is talking about Persia. The lion is talking about Babylon and the asp is talking about false teachers because it says they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as waters that cover the sea. That's talking about the church will be all over the world and that's what Perry means. It means he was the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but for the sins all over the world. That's what it's talking about. It doesn't say for. It doesn't mean uh, the purpose of propitiation. It means all over the world. Perry. But you're not going to know that unless you look in an interlinear Bible and you learn your you learn your Greek alphabet and you learn to read it. And look here in well in verse ten he says much the same thing. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall oh, excuse me. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse which shall stand for an ensign that's Jesus of the people and it shall be and it shall and it and to it shall the Gentiles seek. The nations of the world will seek Jesus. And Isaiah says that throughout his entire book. And again, when he says in Zechariah 9.10, Zechariah. So this is all men equals the earth being full of the knowledge and glory of the Lord as the waters that covers the sea. It'll be the Gentile church all over the world. And then he says here in 
and Zechariah 9. That's the next to the last book of the Old Testament. Zechariah 9. Zechariah 9 and verse 10. Well, let's read 9 and 10. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just in having salvation, lowly in riding upon an ass. That's prophecy of Jesus. And upon a colt, the foal of an ass. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim. Ephraim will no longer defend itself with an army. That's northern Israel and the house of Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace unto the Gentiles, unto the heathen and his dominion, dominion of the one who's riding the colt of an ass will be from sea even to sea and from the river even to the end of the earth. That's Perry. That's all over the world. That's from America to China to Russia to England, all around the world. That will be the church from sea to sea and from shore to shore. And that will be the all men, the synecdoche. That's a that's a word that means a part of something is the whole. And that's the way the Jews spoke, is the whole. And that applies to all men, not every individual, but all men shall come to the knowledge of Christ, which will be the Gentiles, men from every nation, tongue, and tribe. They'll be elect, and the only ones that come will those that God has given eyes to see and ears to hear, and they'll be sprinkled by the blood of Christ, but the blood is not just hovering out there in the air to be applied anywhere. It's upon our hearts, and our hearts are the place of understanding. That's what the Jews said. Let me read that verse 11. As for thee also by the blood of the covenant, I have sent forth the prisoners out of the pit. The prisoners are those that were in prison. The Gentiles were in darkness. Prison, fulake, means the division of day and night are light and darkness. And God has sent the Gentiles. It means day and night are light and dark. Day and night. The Gentiles have come to the light. Only the predestinated elect of the Gentiles, not everybody that's a Gentile in the world, God saved all mankind in the ark with Noah, his wife, three sons, and their wives. All, all mankind came out of that. So that would be all men, too. Let me give you a couple more of these. Look at Isaiah 40, 49 and 6. I didn't know what these meant. The more I study, the more I see it, the more I know it. 49 and 6. This is the people that Jesus died for. He didn't shed his blood for anybody but his wife. 
It's not shed anywhere except to sprinkle on the Ark of the Covenant, which is our hearts now. All the rituals of the law were blotted out. Took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross to invalidate a contract. You took the subjects out in public, the the two witnesses, original witnesses, everybody agreeing we're going to invalidate this contract, they'd say, yes, you drive a nail through it, blotting out of the way, nailing it to his cross, just like a notary stamp. So, here in Isaiah 49, I don't know how to preach this easy. I can't do this by saying, look it up in your concordance. It's more than that. 49 and 6 Isaiah and he said it is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob to restore the preserved of Israel I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. All over the world. All over Perry. He is the propitiation for our sins, but not for us only, but for but all over the world. And his elect family will be the church all over the world. He says basically the same thing in Isaiah the third chapter or the second chapter. But you have to know something about biblical terminology to even understand this. When he says in Isaiah 2, and the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, it shall come to pass in the last days. The last days he were here at Acts 2. Peter said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days the Lord will pour out of his Spirit on all flesh, red, yellow, white, black, and brown flesh, and it will not be limited just to Jewish flesh. It was poured out on one flesh over here in the Old Testament and to all flesh over here, Gentiles, Gentile elect. It's limited to them In the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house, the house of the Lord was the holy of holies. Now Christ is a son of his own house. Whose house are we? We're the house of God. Our hearts are the ark of the covenant. And our hearts are sprinkled. The blood wasn't to be sprinkled out here and throw it anywhere so it could fall on anybody it had to be sprinkled on the heart on the ark of the covenant the law is written on fleshy tables of our heart and there was bread in the ark of the covenant and Christ is the bread in us we you being we being many are one bread and one body the body is the church the wife the bride of Christ the blood is only for the wife nobody else it's limited Y'all realize what that makes us? That makes us favored by God, elect. When you've been elected to die daily, and that's what we're elected to, a blood baptism was a death. And when you start telling people the truth, they're going to execute you spiritually. Death means separation, not annihilation. 
Thanos or Thanatos, either one, means to be separated. The world will separate from you when you tell them the truth. And the only reason they'll they'll separate is because you got the blood on your heart and they don't. And then he says, the mountain of the Lord's house, we're the house of God. The mountain was of God's house was Zion. That's where the temple was built. And we are come to Mount Zion, heavenly Jerusalem, the church. Heavenly Jerusalem is Mount Zion, the church. Mount Zion is in us. Zion means sunny. That's the same word as horizo and predestinate. Pro horizo, where the sun shines. At the mount of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains of the world. A mountain was a capital city of an empire. We're heavenly Jerusalem, the church. That's the capital city of God. So it's talking about all over the world. The church will be established among the mountains of the world. And we'll be the head mountain. And we'll be all over the world. And that's what these verses are talking about. I hope you can understand that. You have to understand this to understand the atonement is limited to the wife, the bride. Well, it looks like I'm running out of time. It'll be established in the top of all the mountains. Mountains are capital cities. And Jerusalem, the church, be established all over the world. Only in God's elect, predestinated family, wife, bride. I'm out of time, ain't I, Mike? Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Cause us to continue this work for many years if it's according to your mercy. I'm tired, Lord. I just want to keep teaching. Sometimes I I feel so inadequate, Lord. Let me keep telling the people the truth so they can get a hold of it. Thank you for your word. Fight our battles for us. We'll praise you for everything that you do because you said in everything give thanks. Thank you for sprinkling our hearts with your blood. Fight every battle we have. We don't want to fight ever again, Lord. We'll give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. I, I feel so inadequate teaching sometimes. I felt inadequate today. But the brain like me can follow it. There's other people following it. Huh? I stayed up with you. I understood it. And if I got thank you thank you Victor I appreciate that I appreciate that that encourages me the, the atonement is limited to his wife you people that out there don't believe that something's wrong with your thinking you think he shed his blood on vessels of wrath fitted to destruction you are kidding aren't you and it, they think he shed it and made it available to those people. That way they can feel guilty. They're going to be guilty whether they, whether they have any access to light or blood.
they're guilty because God made them to be guilty so he could destroy them in hell. Sorry, but that's the way it is. The people seem to want to justify God. He doesn't need your justifying. He is just. He's right. He's true. If he sent every man to hell, he'd still be just. That's who God is. He's a just God. He's a righteous God. People out there trying to tell me that when God, when Jesus is on the cross, He says, "Father, forgive them, for they not know what." They, they try to tell me they're talking about the whole world. You can't be saying that. Why, why, would he forgive, why would he forgive a bunch of people that are vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? He was talking about the believers that were participating in the crowd. Since screaming crucify him, they got caught up with the mob. He couldn't be forgiving them. That way everybody gets to go to heaven. That's right. They, that, that's exactly it. I can do what I want, and he'll forgive me. No, he won't. I just don't get the world, you know. Just I get disgusted with people write to me and tell me things like the atonement is unlimited. And they don't know nothing about what they're talking about. Just ignorant people. I, I'll say one thing. I still never met the first person ever that thought babies go to hell. I know you say they write you and call you, but I've never met anybody. Well, you got to go talk to some Calvinists. It's crazy. It's like something that's like... Go talk, say to, some go talk to some primitive Baptists. <laughs> or, or Catholics, they think if they don't get baptized, they're Yeah, they got to be baptized, they got to be sprinkled with water, with holy water. If they die, they'll become a gnome or a demon somewhere <laughs> between heaven and earth mm-hmm. and devour the babies of the non-believers. They're going to be a gnome. You'll be a gnome, yeah. <laughs> that's what, that's what the Catholics doctrine says. You'll be a demon. It's crazy. God spells it out for us, and people want to ignore it. I caught me a new phone. Just got to switch it over. <sighs> Kids going in there again sooner. So I don't. Oh. 
Too close to the get there. Like that. Yeah. But now I know. I didn't know until today. Last day I've ever been talking. Uh, that was a safe haven that, that somebody had come after. But now I know. Who's got that one? Um, I found another one that's uh, like um, clean colored in this one. I was about Kroger's. Somebody just talked by the old Kroger's. Near the, near the hut, 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 hut. I believe W.A. Criswell believed the truth. It sounded sounds like, like it. Like it yeah. And he was pastor, the, probably one of the last people to believe truth in the Southern Baptist Convention. And of a huge church like that. That's, uh, that's the biggest Southern Baptist church in the world. It covers about six blocks of downtown Dallas. Wow. Uh, Goodness. Is it still there? Is it still there? Yeah, First Baptist is still there. It's got, it's got this other guy who's kind of a halfway predestinationist there. I can't think of his name. I can see his, I can see his face. But he's kind of watery compared to Criswell. Yeah. He might believe in sovereignty of God so, to some light degree. Definitely the the guy that you read, uh, uh, the guy that you read definitely is similar to what you preach. I can't yeah. Yeah. The yeah. guy that you read, yeah. it's, it's similar to what you teach. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. And that was, he was one of the it shows biggest you how, pastors in the world. Yeah, it shows you how far we've fallen. Yeah, yeah it's just how they can fall away that far, I don't know. I bet he yeah. didn't have a false activity thing with the with the wise men there. I don't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> love you, Jim. I love you too, Teresa. I love you, Chris. Love you, Pastor. All the Chris's and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse. 